I knew how busy all of my friends were, and I knew what a big deal it was for them to make me a priority in their life at this time. Welcome to Super Thank. This is Stories of Gratitude. My name is Eric, and I'm here with my friends, Bjarka, Teresa, and Kara. How do you say welcome to Super Thank in Danish? Welcome to Super Talk. Seriously? Danish is just English with uh, with silliness on top? <laughs> No. <laughs> well, there's certainly some words. Like, I think the English language have over 400,000 words, and I think Danish have about 50,000. So there's certainly some extra words that we just use the, Dan- uh, the English version for. What, what if you were going to translate super thank into Danish? Super tak. Oh, yeah, which is exactly what you did, and I just thought you were being a goof. No, this, that's <laughs> Danish. <laughs> It's also welcome and not welcome. Yeah, again, I apologize to the people of Denmark. You have my utmost respect. I hear that your uh, bicycle lanes are uh, second to none. But they're super, super filled. Like we have bike rush hours where you can't get anywhere on the bike because there's so many people in the bike lane. Right. That's like an overabundance of good things Yeah. in Denmark. Why, why did you even come to America with such a wonderful <laughs> country of your birth? I wanted to compare and contrast. And to drive. <laughs> My bike. <laughs> Around Portland. The good thing, of, like, the best thing over here about biking is that you're totally alone in the bike lane. There's so much space and room for you to bike here, so you get anywhere much faster. There's like very little bike. It's like if you were to move to a city with, uh, with almost no cars, so you can drive as much as you want. This is like moving from Denmark to the U.S. <laughs> on a bike. You can bike as fast as you Would want. Would you say anyway. you're grateful for... Uh, the anemic amount of bicycle commuters in but, even a city like Portland. That might be an exaggeration, but sometimes <laughs> it makes me smile in the morning. Who wants to say welcome to Super Oh, you already did. Oh, I guess, gosh. Not really. I, welcome to Super Thank. <laughs> Thanks, Kara. <laughs> but uh, I think that um, Bjarke should say it again. In Danish. Welcome to Super Talk. On today's episode, we're going to hear from Lauren Gaucher, who's a real estate broker and a world traveler, apparently, and a self-described magnet for misadventure, she tells us. And, uh, uh, by the way, hello, my name is Eric, and I'm here with Teresa and Kara and Bjarka. Just go for it. Bjarka, who's from Denmark. Great, thank you. And, uh... I'm ready to hear this story. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) itchy feet. Now, uh, that is a phrase that my grandfather always used to say for those of us that could never stay in one place for very long. And uh, that definitely was true for me. Is true for me. Uh, I have lived in, oh gosh, uh, three states, nine cities, three countries, and a handful of boats. And uh, just constantly going, searching, trying to find something bigger and better and more exciting and just more and more and more and more. And evidently that runs in the family. Uh, I found this out. One of the many ways I found this out was when uh, my beloved aunt um, went through a bit of a midlife crisis and got divorced, found a Craigslist boyfriend, moved to Guam and married him. (laughs) So when I got the call that was, you know, hey, come to Guam to the wedding, I literally could not get on a plane faster. Like, I was like, yeah, this is going to be hilarious. 
<laughs> so uh, I, I hop on a plane and I get to Guam. And I, I mean, I literally show up like this, like, who is this dude that found my aunt on Craigslist and talked her into moving to Guam? Like, is he trying to, like, get her life savings or murder her? I'm not quite sure. Like, any of those things. So, uh, anyways, I meet him, and he turns out to be a fabulous human being, and she's happier than, than uh, she's ever been. So, we're adventuring around Guam, and... Um, and we're doing, you know, we're swimming and we're seeing sights. And, and um, a couple days before the wedding, we decide that we're all, the whole wedding party is going to rent these scooters. Now, <laughs> a couple months before, I'd gotten my motorcycle endorsement. Uh, so uh, let me just tell you, I got on that scooter and I was cocky as hell. I was like, I got this. It's like a toy. I've been riding Harleys and I'm like in flip flops and shorts and, and no helmet and like taking selfies. And like, and then I had a pothole and I crash and I break my ankle and <laughs> like smithereens. <laughs> and sitting on, laying on the side of a, a Guamanian highway uh, in the jungle um, with a bunch of people that have run out of their houses and uh, I'm, I'm bleeding. I have road rash everywhere. And I'm just like, eh, that was bound to happen. <laughs> so nonetheless, I, I, I find out I have to have surgery and they said, you know, you need to go home for that. Um, and because uh, I'm not going to get surgery in Guam. Uh, and so we, we go through the wedding and it goes off without a hitch. Hitch. <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so then it's time for me to go home. And what I haven't told you is the way I got to Guam was on standby. Um, and so standby on the best of days is like no other hell. Like if you get there same day or same week, you're good to go. Now imagine broken ankle and a huge cast like basically look like a mummy from all the gauze from all of the road rash on all the extremities. Um, and, and like, and I'm, I'm traveling by myself too. So, you know, my aunt basically like drops me off at the airport and is like, good luck. And like, they don't give you in the wheelchair, the wheelchairs they give you in the airport is not, they're not the kinds with like the handles. They're the kinds where someone has to push you. So I'm just completely dependent on all these strangers, you know, to, to get through. And let me just tell you, it took four airports, which I cried in every single one, uh, and 36 hours to get home. And it was, uh, it was a rough go. And I, and I get home and my, my lovely mother sitting over there, uh, has, you know, has like before me, uh, set up my house and told all my neighbors, you know, please don't park in front of her house so she can have the shortest like distance to get there. And I'm just high as a kite at all times. (laughs) So many painkillers as I wait for, um, as I wait for surgery. And, uh, and, and so I, I remember like settling in to my house that I'd actually just moved into a couple weeks before I left. And I was like, wow, I am really screwed. Like I live by myself and I am completely helpless. I'm like a baby at this point. Like I can't do anything. Like I, I was even like I, for a while, my cousin was like washing me <laughs> because you just remember, like I have the, the gauze hands. I'm like, help. Anyways, so, you know, it's at this point, I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do. And just all of a sudden, all these people just came out of the woodwork. People I had no idea. And everybody, you know, bringing me food and doing all these things. And, you know, my my one friend, Simon, who's a super busy guy, um, you know, he he knew that I was sad and lonely in my house. Because I ended up being homebound for like almost six weeks or something like that. 
And so he just showed up at the house with a bunch of friends and some booze and some pizza. And he said, we're having a movie night and you don't have a choice. And it was great. We giggled all night long and um, it was amazing. My, my friend Crystal, um, she took time off of work to go stand in the line at the DMV for me, which... Come on, that's like a big deal, right? <laughs> so I could get my handicap placard. And she was also the same one that found me curled up um, in the fetal position, bawling my face out when I was trying to basically get off of painkillers. And she, she just came in to check in on me for five minutes and stayed for hours, you know, trying to get me through the night. Um, and, and then Mo, who is sitting right there, uh, I had never met Mo. He's my next door neighbor before I, before I came home from Guam. And when my mom finally left, uh, after weeks of staying with me, she's like, okay, time to go home. And I was like, cool, I got this. And then she left and I was like, I don't have this. Oh God, I don't have this. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I can't get anywhere. And so after mom left, I got a, a text from Mo and he said, have you eaten? I said, no. And he said, hold on. And he like barrels through the door <laughs> with a plate of food and, and we watch a movie and he, he, he basically tucks me into bed, which was a whole process of moving equipment and, and things and all this stuff. Um, and I, I, you know, it was, I guess it was at that point that I was like, I was like, oh, hey, I, you know, I've traveled the world and I have received hun- literally hundreds act- of acts of kindness from strangers. And they always, they're great, but they're never like mine. Like, they're like, oh, that's amazing. But the thing that changed it when I broke my ankle was that I knew how busy all of my friends were. And I knew what a big deal it was for them to make me a priority in their life at this time. And it was all of a sudden, it just hit me that I didn't have to go around the world to find whatever I was looking for anymore and that it was just right here and it was because thank you broken ankle round of applause Lauren Gaucher thank you very much Lauren Lauren Gaucher thanked her broken ankle. I don't think she was thanking her broken ankle. I think she was thanking the opportunity to receive help from her friends and family. Requirement. I think I think requirement to receive help. I think we constantly have an opportunity to receive help if we dare ask. But her situation forced her to ask and she was delightfully surprised by the support she got. Yeah. And stay tuned to this podcast feed because not only was that Lauren Gaucher's uh, story, um, it comes back around twice in the next couple episodes. Uh, we'll just tease it that way. You should, you'll hear her mom. Her mom comes up and uh, and has a thank as well. So I'm gonna cuss a lot because this story is about my fucking sister. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Unless you guys have We're more. We're going to talk about it anymore? What, yeah, what would you like to say about the story, Kara? Well, I guess I thought it was interesting that, you know, she was thanking other people for taking time out of their busy lives. But there actually has been a lot of research that shows that, you know, we improve our own well-being when we're good to others, when we're doing nice things for others often. Yeah. Not every, it's funny. I think I have had, like, I've had to get older to learn that lesson. That to not feel sort of put out by giving favors away. It is nice. And also, this event 
which was, I believe, July 21st in the summer um, at Eastburn, and the theme was Against the Odds. This event took place maybe maybe five days before I got my own motorcycle endorsement. Oh. And so I was cringing a little bit. People all week were telling me about how I was going to get in a wreck, I was going to lose a limb, and I just was so happy to hear that people were there to help her when it happened to her. Just warmed my heart. But you're not going to get into a wreck. Nope, so far so good. Yeah, everything's going to be just fine. I also think it's it's interesting that she did not get wrecked on her motorcycle. Like, she got wrecked on a scooter, like something she considered a toy. And I don't exactly know how that tra- translates yeah. to. Hubris. Gratitude, but hubris, or I don't know what we want to call it, but... I think even like be thankful for what we got and and don't underestimate the learning or the lessons that you have learned getting to where you are and how that should keep informed what you're doing constantly. If people want to come to the next Superthink event, what's the best way for them to get that information? Oh, you can visit our website at www.superthink.org or you can visit us on Facebook. Or follow us on Twitter. Or you can just show up at Eastburn at 7 p.m. on December 8th. 2015 in Portland, Oregon. For our annual airing of grievances. It's going to be fun. And get there early because it packs up fast. Yeah, because that's the one where people who have expressed gratitude in the past, you can't get in, you can't just come and complain. You have to earn it. But well, once you've once you've expressed some gratitude at one of our events then you're welcome to tell a story of... Grievance. Grievance. But everybody can get in. It's just you can't be a speaker at that event without having... Because it's easy to complain. We all know how to do that. Well, and we do all get to participate a little bit because we hand out prompts. Right. And even though it's about complaining, I think often there's a silver lining. Yeah, that's always that's been my favorite. If uh, if we ever have to air a rerun in this feed, I'm going to go back to the the airing of grievance episode and mine that one for, for material. So December 8th, which is in the far flung future uh, at when we're recording, but who knows it could be tomorrow. What's that Teresa? If you haven't shared a gratitude story with us in 2015, but you would like to air your grievance, you can use the hashtag airing of grievances on Twitter. Nice. And if people want to tell a story of gratitude, they can offer it. They can offer it up. There's a way to pitch a story on our website, right? That's easy to do. Or they can write hashtag super thing. I want to tell a story and we can tweet them back. Oh, okay, cool. That's a new development. Also, uh, I think it's interesting in this story how many different people that she comes around that she ends up being thankful for that she is not even aware of. Like she said, she had been in like, four airports being pushed around by these people, strangers, because she got a chair where she was dependent on other people's help. And then somebody, I think it was her brother, who came over and watched her. And there was just so many people that was helpful for her and she was grateful for, but... At least 12 super thanks were in that story. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And I think it's like that in most stories. Like, there's so many helpers to... Like, you often have one person that the super thing is about but there's so many helpers that make the story come true thank you broken ankle thanks lauren uh hey rate and review us on itunes subscribe and uh we'll see you see you next time in this feed
Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Bjerka, and thanks, Kara and Teresa. And special thanks to Poddington Bear for all the music on this podcast.